Hi, everybody. This is your host, John Toker from Carbiz Insider. I have a very special guest here with me today, Xavier Kleinerman from Honda Financial Services. Xavier, how are you doing today? John, how are you? Great to uh, talk to you. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, I, I like to apologize from people uh, who's, who's waiting for the show because we had some uh, connection issues. Because Xavier has a very uh, strong uh, security system on his computers. <laughs> It prevented us to start, but uh, thanks for joining today. So, Xavier, how is your days going? Uh, how is this uh, chip shortage affecting you and all that stuff? Why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers and tell us what you do for uh, Honda Financial Services and a little bit your background. We can talk about your uh, organization that you're part of, too. So why don't you introduce yourself to us today? Hey, that's uh, a lot of questions here. Thanks, John. Um, just congratulations uh, for your podcast. I've been uh, following it uh, from uh, since the beginning. You, you started a couple episodes ago, and I find the quality just amazing. So just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you put Thank the bar really, really high, you know. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm Xavier. I work for Hana Financial Services. Uh, I've been with the automotive industry since 2014. Uh, when I started in the automotive, I had the choice in between. Uh, a job at um, a bank and uh, and Honda, one-year contract with Honda. And um, my gut feeling told me to go with Honda and I've never been uh, looking, you know, I, I've never regretted it since, uh, since then. So I've been uh, with Honda for the last uh, eight years, I guess, going on eight years. Um, started with Honda Financial Services, uh, started with in customer service and uh, worked my way to where I am right now. Uh, in remarketing where, where I've been uh, since uh, 2018. And I guess I landed in remarketing at the perfect time, uh, just before all the all the interesting parts of remarketing uh, happened with uh, COVID and the pandemic and everything like that, you know, and the, the chip shortage and things. So uh, it's been an exciting time. Uh, there hasn't been a single Monday that I have, haven't been uh, unhappy to go to work. I've always woken up and excited to go to work and Knocking on wood, hopefully it will stay that way. That's good. You guys have a really good team there that you guys working together. So, I mean, uh, and, you know, Honda vehicles are hold their value really good when you were to, you know, trying to remarket them. Uh, and uh, why don't you talk about your latest uh, uh, appointment to, is it IARA? Is that the International Automated Remarketers Alliance? Correct. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, the IRA is an organization, an industry organization. Uh, and it stands for, like you said, uh, the International Automotive Remarketing Alliance. Um, it's uh, a remarketing organization. I always say that uh, remarketing is like a hidden gem. It's a reflection of the global economy. I think the automotive industry is a reflection of the global uh, economy. And the remarketing industry is a reflection of that on a smaller scale. Well, I should say maybe bigger, uh, big scale because the used car industry is pretty big. Um, so I was appointed, yeah, on February 1st uh, as the co-chair for Canada for the IERA. So basically what, uh, what it is, it's an industry organization that tries to uh, promote standards and networking and um, uh, to you know, try to communicate with uh, with the industry about uh, different key aspects and key topics of the uh, of uh, the remarketing. 
Uh, we want to be basically the go-to platform uh, for the industry to assist, educate, and share knowledge uh, with uh, our, ind our industry and uh, with our partners, and so that our members and uh, can have you know uh, get away with efficiencies and uh, achieve better prices, maybe in their sales to share tips and things like that. So we do that through different events. We have uh, four yearly events, um, main events or quarterly updates. And then we'll have uh, an, an introduction to remarketing, remarketing 101. We'll do that twice a year for people who are unfamiliar with uh, remarketing. Um, and then we'll have obviously the, the conference, the yearly conference up here in Canada. The US has several of them um, that we do in Toronto in partnership with uh, Bill Zedites and his team from Cherokee Media Group. That's, that's really good. Congratulations on the appointment. Um, would you, so you're talking about remarketing 101. Why don't you explain what remarketing is for people who may not be familiar with? Because, you know, we got a lot of people watch this from different uh, experience levels from car business, right? So somebody may just join the car business, start selling cars like, you know, three months ago, may not be familiar with the term remarketing. Uh, why don't you like briefly explain what remarketing is? What does remarketers do? And, you know, what's that exactly mean? Ah, that's an amazing question. I, f I find myself, uh, you know, myself when I started in the automotive, I didn't know what remarketing was. It took me several years before I bumped into it and saw exactly what it was and fell absolutely in love with it. So um, what a, the simplest way to really describe remarketing is uh, imagine someone was injecting used cars into the a market. In our case, it's in the Canadian market. So we inject used cars into the Canadian market. So when you walk in front of a dealership, they're selling used cars, they're selling new, uh, new cars. Well, where did you, these used cars come from? Well, these used cars came from uh, auction. Uh, they, they also, you know, from trade-ins, but we are like the auction part. So we sell uh, at Honda, we sell before the pandemic, I'd say, uh, we would sell thousands and thousands of cars uh, a year uh, through the whole country, uh, through the different auction houses. And dealerships are the ones who assist to the uh, auctions, who buy from us, who are our main buyers. And um, and that's that. I think that's um, a brief way to uh, answer the question. It's really that. Fueling in uh, the Canadian automotive industry, uh, the auto Canadian automotive market, used cars. So you, you basically, because you're, you, you work for the manufacturer, so when Honda needs to... Uh, sell those used cars probably they come back from lease returns most likely right and then uh, if that that car's like let's say the person leases the car didn't buy the car out or the dealership doesn't want to buy that car then you just find a new ho a new home for those cars basically right help out the manufacturer that's that so there's uh lease returns you also have repossessions uh, you also have uh, company cars there's different sources of where you you find these cars and uh, that you'll uh, that you'll uh, put on auction after that. So it's exactly that: finding a new home, finding a good home, and giving our dealers uh, an amazing product to buy. That's really that's really the key part of it. So especially now, right? Like dealers don't have enough new cars to sell, but now you probably don't have much cars to remarket anyways, because like I'm sure everybody's holding on to the cars as best <laughs> as they within their abilities, right? Would you say that happening? Like because of the pandemic chip shortage, do you find you're remarketing less cars to in the auction channels? Do you think? Oh, I think that's uh, that's something that's not only me saying it. I think that's uh, a global phenomenon, uh, as far as I can see. Um, 
for sure yeah or an inventory are not the same as they used to be uh we try to uh offer our dealers the best we have all we have uh and there's definitely a, a difference in our marketing levels from before the uh the pandemic yes it's actually a great a great thing to see well i mean it's not great not to have the product to sell or having very little product to sell but you see you know how the whole economy of used cars is going uh switching from uh you know a lot a lot to offer and price that were a little bit lower to now a little bit less to offer or quite quite a bit less to offer to prices spiking you know it's uh and with that global sh uh chip shortage that uh you've talked about um we hope that will be uh they'll figure it out very soon uh, and uh not to throw in any dates there i don't want to compromise myself you know but uh, <laughs> no secret information there <laughs> but um but yeah hopefully you know very soon we'll be able to find a, everything that uh, a balance in the in the industry i don't think you know we'll see prices like we had uh the price will still be very uh very high for the uh, used cars uh, I don't think they'll go back anytime soon to what it was before the pandemic. Um, and I'll, for what the, everyone is talking about, you know, I think we're in, in there with strong prices until 2025. Um, um, there. But, you know, Xavier, you remember like uh, in the last three years, I think, or two years, uh, Canadian Black Book awarded uh, Honda being the most, uh, you know, retained value, right? Mm -hmm. And and that means that uh, the resale value of the product uh, is historically always high with the Honda because of the demand on the vehicle, right? And the reliability and the reputation of the brand. So you always see that anyways, like when you send a car to the auction, it always is a high demand product, right? You, you see that happening anyway. It's a, it's a high demand product. And yes, Honda had a great reputation before. We, we still do, but, you know, not at this level of what it is right now the price that we are seeing right now that's just you know out of this world it's uh, never seen before so it's a interesting time i was actually thinking yesterday about uh you know everyone we all say you know we've never seen this before and yes in our lifetime we've never seen it before but yesterday i was thinking about the podcast and i said well you know what actually after world war ii uh what was the the state of the automotive industry and dealers had no cars to sell and you know new cars were were there was a big shortage in new cars obviously uh obviously you're, you're not talking about an industry with the amount of production that it has right now uh but it was a little bit of a similar situation probably people scrambling to find cars to sell and people having to wait for several months prior to getting their finally to buy their to finally buy their product or their car right so it's a one yeah. once in a hundred time uh a hundred years uh event <laughs> event yeah that we are going through exactly yeah no it's uh you're absolutely right like the stuff that happening right now is is as uh i don't think we'll ever have something like this and probably the next one is going to be the electrification right once we start selling everything electric then we're going to have a big event like this again but uh i think it's the biggest just off-topic question I like to ask you because uh, I know you speak multiple languages. How many total languages do you speak? Because uh, uh, your European background, right? So you, so you got well, five a, or four? Uh, that's the thing. Is and you, uh, I'm from Belgium, you know, which is a very small country. I don't know how many tens or maybe hundreds of times Belgium fits in uh, into the uh, into Canada. But uh, so if you don't speak another language, we have three national languages. Um, I don't speak all three of them. 
So if you don't speak any other foreign language, well, you're lost. You're you're going absolutely nowhere, right? So um, I've had the privilege to study in a different a couple different countries. So I'm at uh, I'd say five, give or take. Five you know? languages. Yeah. Wow. So you speak probably French, Dutch, English. What what are the other two? Uh, Spanish and Italian. Oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So uh, in, in Belgium, just uh, again, off topic question, uh, what are the national languages? So French, Dutch, and what's the third one? German. Oh, German so, is a national language. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, it's a very, it's a minority of the population. Uh, but, you know, Belgium is a little bit similar to what Canada is. And we, we like to say we are cousins uh, for the simple reason that we are, Canada is, uh, is a country with two different national languages. Uh, you're next to someone who, on the uh, international uh, uh, sphere, takes a lot of uh, of uh, importance, you know. And it's the same for us. We are next to France. Uh, we have three national languages. Uh, we're really good at diplomacy, you know. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> we're like the, no. we have all the European institutions there in Brussels. Yeah, I know it's huge, man. It's been going on for years, and. Uh... The reason I know Belgium like that, because I was watching this TV show on uh, Netflix and it's a, it's a Belgium, like from, from, from Belgium, right? And I see they like going back and forth in French and Dutch on the, in, in the show. So uh, yeah, I knew that my, that was the... In my family, you know, you, my brother is, uh, is uh, married to uh, a, a girl from the Dutch side of Belgium. My, my other sister from a, to a guy from uh, the Dutch side of Belgium as well. So... At the end of the, of the day, everything is, you know, doing great. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a very small country and very, very, very rich cultures as well. I know, I know one word in Dutch, how to say, and it's supposed to mean good or, or like uh, delicious or yummy. What is it's it? Lekker, lekker. Lekker, yeah. Yeah, we, that's we like, also it's nice, it's right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you know I had friends uh, who, were, who were living in uh, Holland and uh, Netherlands, and uh, I was learning from them. And like back when I was a kid growing up, and they were keep saying "lekker, lekker" to everything. I'm like, "What's that mean?" They say it means good, like yummy, nice. You know, like it's the response they do it right. I think yeah. is a good response. In so. exactly. Yeah. In Toronto, I, actually, you've got a place, a Belgium food place, um, uh, somewhere. That's uh, Lekker is the name of the store as well. So oh, nice. Look it up. Look it up. It's really good. Yeah, it's L E K K E R. I think that's Lekker. right. Yeah. That's how you spell it. Perfect, man. Okay, well, going back to the topic. So I had some questions for you. Um, uh, so you pretty much answered. Uh, we were talking about it, right? So one question I have is that uh, I forgot to ask you this in your profile on LinkedIn, you have an acronym stands for C A R car. Uh, what is that? And, uh, and how did you qualify for that, uh, title? Like what did you need to do to get that? Yeah. So car is, um, certifications, uh, certified in automotive remarketing. Uh, it is a certification, the premier certification in the industry. Uh, it's uh, actually done by the IRA. Um, so what it is, it's basically um, an overview of uh, all of the uh, different topics that you find in automotive remarketing. Uh, there's 20 modules um, and they're regrouped in uh, five different uh, chapters. So you have uh, the remarketing channels, you have the pre-sales activities, actual sales activities, you obviously done the post-sales activities and then the whole legal ethics and uh, remar remarketing technologies, uh, terminology, sorry. So these are the five 
aspect. So you do that um, certification and, uh, and we have more and more in Canada, we have 25 graduates from the car certification since we started two years ago. Um, and then we, uh, in the US, we have obviously a lot more. Uh, it's a great, a, a great thing to have, especially even if you're not maybe directly related to remarketing, um, I'd say, uh, because it really helps you understand uh, basically the key topics of remarketing. If you're like in legal, or if you're an, an exec, a C-suite exec or whatever, you know, uh, if you're new in this industry as well, it's a great thing to have because it's uh, a very fast, uh, specific and, um, and a global 360 view basically of the, uh, of the remarketing industry. So that's what it stands for, yeah. So, uh, so basically listening this and learning from you about the remarketing perspective, uh, I think it could be very beneficial for large auto groups to have at least one of their uh, associates or employees to be part of this because, you know, we got big auto groups in greater Toronto area. They own multiple stores, more than 10, 30, 40, right? Big, big people. I think it would be have to some at least one of their members who take care of auctioning cars, remarketing to get educated and do this professionally through your organization. So the question is, is your organization only open to OEMs or is it open to a group can say, okay, so Jack is working for ABC Order Group. He's taking care of our remarketing and day auction in Mannheim or, or Edessa or Trade Rev, you name it, right? Yeah. Uh, we would like to get him involved with your organization and get trained on it properly and do this professionally. Is this a capability? Could they reach you out? Would you help them to join? Like, is that something? 100%. 100%. Actually, we are still in the growing uh, stage of the IRA here in Canada. Uh, we came, you know, on, on we came to be a, a little bit later than the US. Uh, the US uh, has had it for the last 20 years. Um, so this is actually the one of the next steps we want to do is to uh, open up to uh, dealer groups. Uh, and exactly for things like that, to provide, they give them value, you know. I think today it's uh, it's hugely important to be part of an industry organization. Uh, you know, you've got so many benefits. Uh, call it um, uh, networking, call it uh, education, advocacy, information. Um, it's 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 huge for your employees, for your employees to, uh, to, for them to develop, for salespeople to develop in their what they do for you know, especially in the used car aspect, um, and also to have that go to place to find if you have questions about the industry if you want to know what the future of the industry will be if you want things like that and also to bring to raise your voice right because it's not the organization is as good as the members are if the members take part of it and bring topics like important topics like that on the table so i see it as a an amazing networking opportunity and yeah we definitely encourage uh dealer groups to be part of it um as much as they can. So we have an, a, a website, ira.biz. On that website, you'll see that there's a Canadian little flag on the on the left side. So they can always, or they can reach to me, uh, out to me through LinkedIn as well. Uh, so these are the- so You're open to help deal, like dealer groups if they want to come and ask you questions, learn more about this and you're willing 100%. to like, okay. Yeah, 100%. So, and, and you like to be reached on LinkedIn? That's the best place to reach you out? I'd say the first about that specifically, they can definitely go to uh, the website and there's a contact there uh, and uh, we'll, uh, they'll be directed to, um, to us at, at the end of the day. But if they want to do uh, LinkedIn as well, uh, they can. That's, that's good stuff because uh, I don't think uh, in, in, in Canada, 
there's remarketing aspect of things, but like in, in a lot of aspects back in the days when I first started selling cars and uh, remarketing means called the wholesaler and said, what this car worth? <laughs> right? <laughs> that was the remarketing. You call Bob. Hey, Bob, I got this car here. What do you think it's worth? And they're like, it works. Oh, a black book calls for 5,000, but you know, black book doesn't write the checks for it. It only got to work four grand, you know? <laughs> but then we tell the guy, but the auction averages, yeah, then you take it to the like, It was, it's getting much better with these digital platforms like TradeRev and, uh, or, or what's the other one? eBlock. Mm -hmm. It's getting much better, much professional. But I think uh, it would be a good idea for big organizations to join an uh, organization like yours to get educated on it because you can leave a lot of money on the table too, right? By making a mistake. And remarketing is crucially important because right now, not a big problem, but when things start to go back to normal, the high volume, you start turning around inventory and then trading's coming back and some cars you're not going to be able to keep it in. You, you need to remarket those vehicles, not retail, but wholesale it. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to get as much as money you can for those units. So then that means you can give as much as money to your customers to trade those cars in. So then you can create that kind of ecosystem. So I think it would be a great idea to people to reach you out and learn more about and educate it because you do this for an OEM level in a professionally, right? Like there's guide, there's guidelines and standards and policies and procedures to maximize that kind of income for on the financial services. That helps out with the residual values of the company. So I think it's the remarketing is a very, uh, it's a crucial part of the the ecosystem of car business because you may not necessarily retail every single car, and which is okay because sometimes it doesn't work out for your uh, situation. You you need to get out of it. It's still a lot of cash, and how fast you can do it, and how fast you can get paid on it. Because I remember the days big auto groups send cars to the auction. Mm -hmm. Suppose that doesn't sell, stays there. All of a sudden, three months later, they realize that they've been paying for parking spots for those cars because exactly. they don't get that minimum reserve they put it in there, right? Exactly. So, like, I think your organization probably trains people on that, like how to monitor that, how to be efficient on it. So, good stuff, man. That's really good. You know, it's another I'm, aspect. You bring you bring up a great point, John, and uh, that's about you know what you were saying and also there also i think with over the last couple of years we've seen different new actors coming up in the used car business you know caravana canada drives etc all these big online uh sales platforms that are open to public where public can just go and and these guys are also competitors to uh to uh or dealerships and to uh used car dealerships as well so you've got this you've got the second thing is um consumers are also more aware of have more access to information and education so whenever they step into your dealership they'll be much more educated and they'll probably have a pretty good idea of what their their car is worth so i think it's very important to for dealers to in that sense to adapt to that and be being able to give their customers like uh, you know um a price price their customers cars uh very accurately to not yeah, the trading money values, on the right? table yeah yeah exactly so um yeah there's so many new challenges that we are seeing that we are facing i think that are you have to take into consideration to uh to maximize you know your sales as well so since you're saying that what do you think is the biggest challenge in the business right now overall you would pick one item and um, pick one item. You know what? It's 
we have so many challenges right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just pick, pick and choose, you know. But yeah, uh, no, <laughs> uh, no, I think it's uh, definitely the um, electrification, uh, the transition to electrification. That was already the case before the pandemic. Um, I think that would be one of the main challenges uh, with so many big unknowns. Um, yeah, I, would, I think I would put that as first, uh, you know, in remarketing, for example, if I applied to remarketing, we don't really know how, don't have a lot of information yet on how the residual price of an electric car is. You know, it's, we don't have, we don't know the battery percentage, should, uh, the battery life uh, percentage will be after, say, 10 years, eight years. You know, how you also, the, the, the how do you call it, the, um, the, the places, you know, to, to uh, I don't I don't have the word right now, but the places to charge your battery, for example, uh, your your car batteries, you know, people have them at home, uh, but it's not de developed yet as much as as the charging stations, the cha charging station. Yeah, there's not a term okay. I had, but yeah, whatever. So, um, you know, there's so, so many unknowns still for that. So I think that is uh, driving a lot of the challenge, current challenges that we are facing. In a sense, maybe, you know, it's the fact having a little inventory, a good thing for that, because it can maybe help people to get into use uh, electric cars. Can it, you know, that's, uh, there's, we could go on and on about that topic. Well, there's a lot of challenges, definitely. Uh, so the last question I'd like to ask you is, uh, what would you suggest car dealerships to overcome used car shortage? Because any dealer right now I talk to, they're complaining about the new car situation. Then we say used cars. Then they say, where are we going to get the used cars from? So well, what John, would you suggest? If I knew the answer to that question, I'll be uh, probably a billionaire now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, it's, a, it's an amazing question. Um, yeah, our dealers, we've seen our dealers have been tremendous, really incredible at adapting to the challenges of uh, the pandemic um, from day one. And, and we've seen them, you know, last week you had on your, on your, on, on your, on your show, you had um, uh, our friends Dave there. Barber. From, uh, uh, Dave Barber. Dave Barber, exactly. Yeah, from yeah. Northern North Honda on your show. And who had like uh this amazing system you know about you know delivering the car to the customer in a in a, in a truck and trailer which well that's that, that's midland honda richard davies yeah. oh that was for richard okay that was richard yeah. yeah okay so um so and i think that came from you know they switched towards uh digitalization uh and you know buying a car at, at, at one touch of uh of uh, the one click of the mouse so uh that's one answer but that doesn't answer the question I think you know there's dealers have been able to um, purchase cars from customers to tr do trade-ins and attract uh, people to their dealership to do those trade-ins uh, and find new strategies in there to be able to uh, attract the most car possible because the traditional ways of acquiring used cars um, were maybe not as as uh filled with um with opportunities and new cars uh used cars to to buy so i think that's one great thing they've been doing is they've been like in being very innovative to attract the customers i think it's all, at the end of the day it's all about that being always open to innovation it's also about um maybe 
changing the atmosphere, uh, the, the changing the uh, relationship with your customers, having a more personalized uh, relationship. You also want to become the obvious, the obvious seller, the obvious dealer that your customer will think about when it's time to uh, sell their cars. So that means that you have to create some kind of authority of legitimacy in, in their mind as well. Uh, that means that they that means that they need to have respect for you. That means that they need to see you maybe in doing genuine things. Um, it was a, an amazing chat we had with a couple of dealers a couple of weeks ago um, on um, Clubhouse, and it was exactly about that. It was about um, doing philanthropy, doing things like that that will mark customers' uh, mind. So that you know, in the future, they'll come to you because you're part of the community. You're an actor in the community, community, and they'll they'll want to uh, tr uh, give you their used car and maybe uh, buy a, a new one from you or something like that. So philanthropy, I think, is a big thing. Um, doing finding innova uh, innovation, being curious uh, towards to innovation. Uh, maybe the systems that are in place right now can be innovated, can be changed. Think about the metaverse, things like that. Uh, these are to attract customers to, you know, go and pick their curiosity. Um, I would say that at least these two. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, online auctions are always the best place to go to uh, so, find used cars. Right. So when you're remarketing cars right now, like, do you see the most of the business is done through these uh, <clears throat> digital auctions, such as like e-dealer and e-block, sorry, uh, e-block and uh, trade rev type of stuff is more popular? Do you think? Yeah. Put it this way. Well, do you think, yeah. do you think they're going to surpass the physical auctions in the near future? Or do you think the physical auctions will still be there for a long time? What's your personal opinion on that? That's a great question. Um, I think for, for us, for Honda, we already were selling most of our units through digital auction before the pandemic. Um, so that was a big thing. Um, I think physical auctions will still have a meaning. People at the end of the day need to feel, they need to smell, they need to see, they need to touch, you know. Um, I think that cannot go away. I think I'm 100% confident digital uh, uh, auctions will become more and more digitalized and with incredible uh, new tools and, and features. Um, I think digital auctions will stay maybe for different kind of vehicles um, for, you know, locally. Uh, but yeah, I, I see it. I see the big answer will be in uh, digital auctions. Do you know what, what, personally why I like the digital auctions more? Because it's more uh, environmentally friendly. So a typical auction, so the car lands on your lot, you send it to a, a distance from your dealership, let's say another 40, 50, 60, 100 kilometers away. Because physical auctions, you can't have those in every corner. You mm -hmm. need the big space. <clears throat> so let's say, for example, we take an example of North Bay dealership. They want to send the car to the auction. Where is the closest auction? Two, 300 kilometers away. Right, that car goes to 300 kilometers away. Then it gets sold. Let's say go back to Montreal or something like that. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of carbon footprint. I think digital auctions are good because the car has the physical location. The what do I call the first point of acquire? Like when you first acquire the vehicle, it's there. Then you can do a digital auction, sell that car. So then the next step, that car goes to where it's gonna get resold again. So mm -hmm. we save that extra trip to the physical auctions in terms of uh, carbon footprint because then you burn less fossil fuels, right? 100%, 100%. It's an amazing point that you're bringing up. Also, I think it's a lot of money that you're saving in transportation fees, you know? 
Um, no. So why would you send a car to do physical auction when you can sell it from your lot online and just send the pictures and with proper pictures? I think that's an, another very important aspect to have quality pictures and consistent pictures on your website. Yeah. You, you got you got you got to look into the green aspect of your business because carbon footprint has a very bad effect on the the, the health and and all that stuff and with the technology that we have we we should be able to avoid that because i like physical auctions and if that's the case like for instance government auctions right it may not work for them they send a physical run it makes sense but an average dealership really should consider using digital channels because even the physical uh, uh, locations have capability of doing the digital stuff anyways, right? Like oh, I remember even before these digital tools, you could always put the car on like dealer avenue, dealer block, right? Those were like the still digital, but uh, old version of it. Not as easy as uh, those ones that you use your cell phone to snap. It was a little bit more cumbersome, but capabilities there. But I think uh i don't know what would you guys stake like a stance on it as an organization but i think uh the environment should be an imp important factor remarketing these vehicles to minimize the the transportation between locations then it lends into the actual location to get sold and then this could make a significant impact on the environment too so oh 100 john 100 and it's right there at the tip of your finger right you can it's easy to do. It doesn't take you. It's even you save money, like I just said. So why wouldn't you follow that route? That's good, man. Uh, I appreciate your time. I know you you gave us this time in your busy schedule. I, I don't uh, want to take more of your time today. Is there anything else that you want to add to wrap this up? Any comments, suggestions, anything you want to share about anything pretty much before we wrap this up? Hey, John. Well, um, that's uh, pretty much it for me. But uh, thank you very much for having me on the show. Maybe one thing we have um, one meeting with um, for our next meeting. I think it's on March 26th with the IRA uh, Canada for our first Q1 update. So uh, obviously it's uh, open to all our members. Uh, and if some people are curious about the organization, well, they can always reach out to us through the website uh, to uh, to know more about it. And that's on, uh, I believe, March uh, Monday, March 26th. But uh, the information is on our website. So uh, we'd be glad to welcome their, welcome them for uh, to be introduced to the IRA. What's the, what's the format of that uh, meeting? So is it going to be virtual or physical? Yeah, so it's uh, still virtual. Uh, as uh, situ the situation in Ontario is here, doesn't allow us to run uh, physical events yet. Uh, so it will be a two hour, two and a half hour meeting, uh, virtual, uh, with a chance to interact with a chance to talk to other people, etc. So, uh, we encourage everyone to take part of it. So March 26th. That's right. Yeah. We actually have a guest speaker. Uh, uh, his name is Thomas Engler. He's a startupper in the automotive industry. Uh, amazing guy. He has a MBA for you from UFD and, uh, and he's going to talk about innovation and remarketing. That's good. I yeah. suggest all the OEMs and uh, probably pretty much pretty much all the OEMs are member of IAR and uh, like your organization anyways. But like yeah, auto groups could be an interesting uh, uh, you know opportunity for them to educate their staff to make this more professionally to maximize their income and you know yeah. and reduce the social impact in terms of environment and all that mm -hmm. stuff too. 
Perfect. Well, I'll thank everybody today, uh, tuned in today, uh, whether you're watching it or listening to it, uh, this recorded live, but I will put this up on uh, your favorite podcast place so you can listen to it. Or if you want to, if you missed this opportunity, you just joined in, you want to know what we were talking before, uh, you, you can watch, you can watch this again, uh, recorded on uh, YouTube. And if you have any questions, uh, feel free to reach Xavier. He's more than happy to help you. And uh, I wish everybody a wonderful day. And I'll see you guys next Wednesday with my uh, special guest. Thanks Thank you, everybody. John. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Xavier. Have a good day. Thank you, John. You too. Bye. Bye.